What's happening, world? Constantine Maroulis here, and you are checking out Vicki Abelson's show, The Road Taken. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Available on Amazon. Something about Facebook has allowed me to not only have fun and, and go back and forth and, you know, have cute little quips with people, but it's really established very strong, deep relationships. And one of my very first relationships on Facebook was with a guy named Rick Smolke from Addison, Illinois. And I don't know how we connected. All I know is he was seeing what I was doing with women who write at the very beginning. This is when I first started. This is going back eight years ago. And he immediately said, I want to help you. Rick Smolke is a commercial printer. He also does personal printing, you know, from business cards to CD to packaging to signs, calendars. He does all of that stuff. But then I hired him. He did the galleys for my book. He did my bookmarks. He did my signature plates. There, He is my go-to guy. And what I will say about quick impressions is what sets them apart from every other printer is the customer service. They are just the most amazing people. They have graphic artists on there that will help you design your card. Their prices will match any wholesaler on the internet. They'll get it shipped to you. Their prices are the best. The relationship you will have with them is the best. So what I'm going to suggest is if you have anything you need done, whether it's for your, they do, they do professional football teams. They do huge corporations, the printing. They do huge jobs, but they, no job is too small because they're really people they're people people they're how does what's that expression they're people persons and so if you have anything you need done please call quick impressions and they're right outside of chicago quick impressions and please ask for rick smulky and tell him that vicky sent you and i promise he's going to take they are going to take such good care of you and match any price you'll get anywhere Quick Impressions, Rick Smokey. And you can find them at quickimpressions.com. And that's quick, Q-U-I-K, no C, quickimpressions.com. Save the C for the Rick and ask for Rick. Welcome to Vicki Abelson's broadcast, The Road Taken, Celebrity Maps to Success. Vicki's the creator and host of the renowned celebrity-driven literary salon, Women Who Write, and the author of Amazon bestseller, Don't Jump. Here's Vicki. Hey, DJ. Hey, Wheezy. Hey, Vicky. How are you guys doing? Hey, how's it going? Well. It's going okay. I actually had a very interesting day today. Aside from choking on a vitamin that went down sideways and <laughs> was... W it was it was the scary it was one of those huge gel caps and I take like four of them at once because I'm an idiot and so one of them lodged this way I mean you c it was almost like one of those cartoons where you could like see the bone and the you know it was uh, it was terrifying well I could breathe but it hurt so bad anyway so that was my fun today and then yesterday I had a big flood in my house which was also fun but today one thing that I did today that was really exciting have you guys seen the fall 
No. No. Okay. I cannot recommend this series Movie? highly. Show. Uh, it's what? a show. It's a show. It's okay. on Netflix. Okay. And it's Gillian Anderson. And it's a serial killer uh, police detective story. And after I had watched Stranger Things and The Killing, somebody, I, I was like, no, you know, because I've been binge watching these Netflix shows. <laughs> and it's like, one ends and it's like, no, yeah. I need more because I'm an addict and I want more and I want it now. So somebody recommended The Fall and they said, if you like The Killing, it's better than The Killing. And I was like, nothing is better than The Killing. <laughs> it's better than The Killing. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I get an invitation to these SAG things and today was Jamie Dornan. Now, Jamie was the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh-huh. Okay, I watched it like about two months ago at like four in the morning while I was doing something else. And I not only didn't respect it in the morning, it, I didn't really respect it while I was watching it. You know, it's not a great movie. He's very sexy. He's very, but you know, uh, but in this, in, in, in the fall, he is ext- unbelievable. I mean, he he makes Dexter look like not scared. I mean, he... Well, Dexter was this. He is so scary, but at the same time, incredibly sexy and al- and not just like attractive to a woman. Like men love him also. I mean, he's just he somehow has made this horrific serial killer really um, uh, appealing. There's something about you know, uh, that's just great acting. Is it one of those shows you're supposed to to, to like him? As well, a you're supposed like y- there's stuff go yeah. There's like the antihero kind of you, thing. Y- you're not, but you do. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. If the character's the main character, you have to be able to empathize. You mm. can't hate somebody, the main character. You have to find something. So anyway, so we went to uh, a screening at SAG today, and then there was a talk back with Jamie Dorman, Dor- Dornan. And, um, and Harry never wants to go to these things. Harry's my son. He never wants to go to these things with me. He's 22. He's cynical. He'd, but he, he, but we'd just been binge-watching. We, we binge-watched the first week, to get the first season of six episodes together. We, e- uh, we each watched the second season separately. And then the third season, we, wa- we watched the, the last six episodes we watched in 12 hours. We, 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 we were crazed. So, and that was just a few days ago. So now we have a chance to go see Jamie Dornan. Uh, okay, so we go. And I say, okay, we get there really early. We can sit in the front. So sure enough, we do. And, you know, they give you question cards. And I'm an interviewer. That's what I do. I've been doing it for a long time. So I kind of know what questions to put down that they're going to ask. And so pretty much out of the 20, 30 times I've gone to these things, Almost every time I put a question in, they ask it. Almost without, a, it's pretty pretty good odds. So I gave a question in, and so sure enough, not even at that point in the, of the interview where at the end, her second question in, she said, oh, one of our people asked a question. Vicki Abelson. And so I raise my hand, and, and he looks right at me. He's very shy, by the way. He comes out, this serial killer, comes out, doesn't look in the audience at all. He's only like, it's only... 100 people in this screening room. It's very small. And he's only looking at the at the girl who's interviewing him. And he's very shy. And uh, so, but when she says, Vicki Abelson, I say hi. And he looks at me and he says, oh, hi, Vicki. And he's got a Belfast accent, which is ridiculously fantastic. <laughs> and uh, and so then the, qu- the question, my question was, it, do you take the darkness with you? If you're playing a really dark, aggressive character do you take that home with you you know or are you able to leave it on the set pretty good question right pretty yeah okay so um so anyway so he answers the question everything and then he goes on and he he ends up being just absolutely charming and telling some wonderful stories and he loosens up as it goes on he's looking a little but he's really not making a lot of eye contact into the audience and so um so when the thing ends you know at some of these you can go up and we can get pictures but in this little room you can't do that but i know where they come around and i said harry 
you know, he's going to come around here. And sure enough, before I even got the sentence out, there's Jamie Dornan. And I looked at him and I said, thank you. That was wonderful. And he said, thank you for your question. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, I want to interview this man on the road taken. You guys are ha super close now. We, we're best friends. <laughs> yeah. and, and my rule is that I have to know everybody that's on the show. That's my rule, right? Okay. I've known everyone that I've interviewed so far. So I've met every single one of them. Um, even if just for a second with Shep, but then later. So anyway, so I'm thinking I, I, I'll get him on social media. I'll find him and I'll tell him I'm the girl that asked the question. Oh, and Six Degrees of Everything, he's, ma he's making an independent feature, right? Uh, he starts Friday with Billy Crystal. Well, Ooh. I did Saturday Night Live with Billy Crystal. I have a picture of me and Billy Crystal. If I could show him the picture of me and Billy Crystal, <laughs> I think he would do The Road Taken. So he's not on social media. So I put mm. it out there to anyone out there in listening land. I'm, 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 I'm going to find, you know me. Desperately I'm, seeking uh, Jamie. Desperately seeking <laughs> Jamie. He's fascinating. And, and so high. he's married, has young kids. All right. But anyway, so this brings us to, um, that segues nicely to our guest tonight. Because tonight, I'm excited. We have Constantine Maroulis. Now, I don't know if you guys watched American Idol, but I didn't watch the first season with Kelly Clarkson, and I regret that because I adore her. Heck but to the yes with every season for me. What? Heck, Heck to, to the, the yes. yes. Okay, yeah. so I started season two, which was Reuben Stuttered, right? That was the Reuben Stuttered season? Reuben and Clay. Reuben and Clay. Mm -hmm. So, And I was a Reuben. I was a Clay. Oh! <laughs> okay, so... Um, so I started watching then, and by the time the fourth season rolled around and Constantine, and Constantine was on, by that time I was like a major addict, and I loved Constantine. Okay, yes. because okay, there's a pre-story to this, because I know what every He's yes, the right. first guy that figured out how to make out with the camera. Oh, I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, because th I was going to say that, mm -hmm. because he was the first one that ever played the camera. And you know what? Not only the first one, but maybe the only one that oh, ever... Oh, camera bedroomized. Really He's time. like maybe the yeah. only one. That, thank you for bringing that up. Okay, well, it turns out, before that season... We go to this resort where my husband was a comedian, is a comedian, and he was working at this resort every weekend in the Poconos called Woodlock Pines. So we go up there for a, 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 a for actually a little vacation with the kids. My kids are little at the time. This is like two thousand and five, and um, and the the director, the the entertainment director of Woodlock, tells us that he, they just that one of the girls in his show is dating a guy that's going to be on the new season of American Idol. And his name is Constantine Maroulis, which, of course, I'm never going to remember. But he says, you know, uh, she's dating this guy. It's a lot of syllables. It's a, lo it's a mm -hmm. lot to remember. Yeah. And he says that he can't talk about it. We don't know if he makes it to the, to the live shows, but he did the audition, and we, won't, we don't know if he makes it or not. But um, so now I'm invested. Okay. Right? So they, they start the, the audition process thing right and, uh, and we're watching with invested interest mm -hmm. this young guy and but as soon as i see him i'm like i like this guy this guy rocks this guy makes love to the cat i mm -hmm. like this guy and he did like bohemian rhapsody which was off the charts he did his version of my funny valentine i mean it's just ph phenomenal and he was he had a lot of personality and charisma so we're root constantine constantine yay constantine we're Team Constantine, and the guy loses, comes in sixth. What? Th that was the most ridiculous thing. It was the year of Bobais, who I loved and who I wanted to win, even though Carrie Underwood won that year, and let's say, deservingly so, she's had the biggest career of anybody. Well, Karen Kelly. Um, 
And Bo, who, what happened to Bo? We don't know. And what happened to number four and five? We don't know. But we do know Constantine Maroulis because he's gone on to have a big career on Broadway, um, a major career. And um, But the thing was, so he loses at, 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 at six. Now my husband's working for Jay Leno at the time. I'm getting to the point where I know all my guests. So mm-hmm. our guests. So Gabe is working at Leno. And I don't know if you remember, but when the when the contestant loses on Idol, the next night they go on Jay Leno. That's that's their send off. Okay. Starting with the top twelve. So now the kids and I are happen to be out in L.A. We were still living in New York. We're out in L.A. for um, spring break, and Constantine loses, and we're crying. We were, we're crying when he loses because we know him right mm-hmm. through six degrees of the girl in the Poconos, mm-hmm. and we and we and we love what he does, and so. We go to the green room, and we meet Constantine. But it's a sad night for Constantine because he's lost, and you know. So, but he's lovely, and we take pictures. I have proof, and um, he's lovely to my kids, and um, I have a little crush on him. He's very cute, and uh, so I met. So I know tonight's guest. So from American Idol, Constantine went on to star on Broadway in Jekyll and Hyde, and his big hit, Rock of Ages. He um, was had a ma- uh, major success with Rock of Ages. Um, he studied at the Boston Conservatory. I mean, he's he, he's got roots. He's played in New York rock and roll clubs. His like I said, his rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody is absolutely classic. Um, he has um, a Tony nomination for Spring Awakening. Um, he had a Tony nomination for um, Rock of Ages. Um, he he's just. Uh, an extremely talented guy. He's got a plus. He's still got a whole recording career going on, and uh, oh, he played the le- and he does he does regular theater too. He had the lead in a play called Friend Art that received critical acclaim in the New York Times last summer. Uh, this December, he's doing a thing with a band of merrymakers where he's going to be for- performing a series of concerts with all kinds of rock stars. He's also traveling to Guatemala with Music Is Love, so he does things that are uh, that are good he's a good Samaritan he's a good human being on top of it all and what I love most about Constantine is that he's a devoted father he has uh, a little six-year-old girl Melania and he is constantly on the Facebook taking pictures he's always with his daughter he adores his daughter and that makes me think a whole lot more Uh, you know a rock star you don't really think of the whole daddy thing so I really like that so I'm I'm kind of thrilled that we're going to have him on tonight and get to hear because I've never really heard the story of someone that had success through a contest mm-hmm. and and of those idols that come out of there how many of them have really had careers a lot of the number one winners you never hear from again uh, but then you take a Jennifer Hudson who came in I don't know. Th- not even third. I think she did fourth or something. Uh, Chris Daughtry also came in like fourth, and they ha- end up having bigger careers than the people who win. And Constantine's an example of, of that. So, Do you know who got his career on a contest? Frank Sinatra. Get out really? of here. Yeah. What? Tell. It was contest. a radio show. It was a radio show talent contest, and he was on with some other guys singing, I think, a Mills Brothers song. And that was what jump-started his career. So wow. it's, you know, life is what you make of every opportunity. And uh, I think that Constantine has 
really turned that kind of like high profile situation into something that worked for him. And we'll have to hear the story. And I can't wait. And here he is. So let's say hey to, uh, hey, Constantine. What's happening, Vicki? Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And you know, the, the thing about this show is I only interview people that I know or that I've met. It must have been backstage, American Idol, something like that, oh. Ryan Seacrest. I remember it was something like that. Okay, you're, real, you're, so, you're so close. Okay, so first of all, I knew about you because you were going out with a girl who performed at Woodlock, Woodlock Pines in the Poconos when you were doing your audition. Is that, is that true? Yes. 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 Okay, and so she worked for Joey Casella. She was doing this show in the Poconos at Woodlock, and they told us that you had auditioned, but they couldn't tell us if you made the live show because that was illegal. You couldn't say. You'd already right. taped those, right? So, But we knew your name, and we knew you were doing it. So when you when the show started, we were rooting for you like crazy. But, but we But forget, the, because we had this personal connection, but then you, you, Constantine Maroulis, you are – you blew our minds because w we were just talking about this in your intro but you were like the first person to ever make love to the camera on that show and not only the <laughs> first one but i think you were the only one to ever do it you own that camera and we're going to talk well. about how you knew to do that but you knew to do that and so then um when you lost it first of all your version of my funny valentine my Se uh, all right, my second favorite, because I have to tell you, Elvis Costello's version is my favorite, but yours is my second favorite of the gazillions of versions of that song. But your version well, of... I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, it's good company there. Oh, man. And your version of Bohemian Rhapsody, that was like the sickest. Holy shit. So we were just love you, love you. Lo <laughs> and when you lost, it was like... Somebody told me recently that they cried. My friend Kathy told me that her and her kids literally cried when you lost. I, you know, it was it was the golden age of television around <laughs> 2005. Um, thank you for all your sweet and kind words. Okay, I so wait, I'm just going to tell you the end of my story, then I want to hear your whole story. All okay, right, so good, now good. you lose, and it just so happens that my husband was writing for Jay Leno at the time. And my kids and I were out, had just come out from New York, so we go to the green room because we want to meet Constantine. And you were so lovely to me and my kids. My kids were little at the time, and you took pictures with us, and you were just lovely. And so we have met in real life, so that's my whole story with that. So now what I want to know is I want to know everything about you. Really uh, grew up in New Jersey, in North Jersey, about 20 miles outside of New York City. You know, always fascinated with music and arts and, and Broadway and rock and roll. My brother played in tons of bands. My brother, Ethan Maroulis, uh, you can Google him. He's a very accomplished artist and producer, uh, writer. Uh, my sister was always involved in the arts, and she's a, uh, a principal in a uh, prestigious school system in New Jersey. And cool. You know, they were always a big influence on me, but for sure. Uh, when did it start you know, for you, Constantine? When did you start? When when did when did you get? When did you say this is what I want to do? Or and what did you start with? Did you start as a singer? Did you start as an actor? What 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 was first? I think I was always a bit of a performer, but you know, uh, because my brother and sister are much older, it was almost like they were practically out of the house by the time you know I started having you know any kind of. I don't know, before I was old enough to really even understand, you know. And um, so I often 
entertain myself by being, you know, uh, I don't know, class clown. And, <laughs> you know, I, I always had this voice, you know, since I was very, very young. I had a big, you know, clear belting kind of, uh, you know, boy tenor voice. And what was the first, when was the, what was the first time, what, what was the first time you, you sang in public? Um, I, w- I had very bad stage fright for many, many years, well into my teenage years, until I could really kind of like get a bit more experience on the stage and in front of a microphone. Um, but I would always get the parts in the school sort of musicals and um, or like little concert um, shows that we would do. But then I would get up there and I would kind of freeze up. Uh-huh. Um, but the first time I ever really sort of felt the like crowd reaction and my peers and everyone's like, whoa, this guy's like a singer, Um, was doing Duke of Earl. (laughs) Duke, 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 Duke of... And I did the solo, you know, the... uh, uh, How's it go? As I I walk through this world, nothing can stop the Duke of Earl. And you, you are my girl. No one can hurt you. Oh, no. And then you got the big falsetto part. And, You're gonna uh, do the falsetto so, for us too? Come on, Constantine. Uh, uh, and he goes, uh, and uh, and then he goes, uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna love you. Oh, whatever it goes. Uh, <laughs> Come on, let me hold you down, cause I'm the Duke of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love it. And like I want, and it was like we did it all a cappella, of course. And I had like the guys do 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 cover do do, you know. And and I just remember the girls like screaming, and I was like, oh shit, this is what I need to be doing. This is insane. How old are and, you? And that was probably like my freshman year of high school or uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. And I did some shows, uh, you know. So like what musicals, what, what, what that, musicals did you do in high school? Probably not till my senior year. I I didn't really start putting it together like singing in a cool high school band, you know, getting the leads in the shows. Well, so and tell me, so what leads were you, what, what shows did you do in high school? Oh, you know, West Side Story and yes. Lend Me a Tenor and The Robber Bridegroom and, like, Pippin and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Who were you, were, were you, were you Pippin? What were you? No, I was, like, uh, in, I don't even remember. Okay. No, no I was not. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you're, so you're, so you're, you're you're doing that stuff. You're getting over your stage fright. You're in a rock band. Did you say that? Yeah, I was playing in like you know cover bands and high school bands, and then I started. You know, uh, it was hard to find a singer. You know, a lot of guys played, but there weren't a lot of guys that could like grab the mic and like stand in front of a band and sing. So I was uh, a little bit in demand, <laughs> and I ended up. Um, latching on to this group of, uh, you know, it was it was like the early 90s, and we were into, like, the Grateful Dead and mm-hmm. Fish and all the sort of improvisational kind of hippie jam music, but also grew up with classic rock. And so I kind of started a band with a bunch of these guys. Uh, three of the guys actually are very well-known and famous musicians now. And, um, you know, so... The, between the four of us, we've all done pretty well in this in this game. So um, we, um, you know, started writing songs and started doing a, like a gig or two in the city and sneaking into the city and, and what, getting what, into what, trouble and what years, starting to play colleges and what, things like that. What year? What 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 time frame is this that you're doing this rock and roll band? 
this is like early mid nineties. Because you know, I was a rock and roll promoter in New York in those days. I wonder if your tape ever came in front of my. That's so <clears> funny. What was the name of your band? Oh, my tape might have uh, come across your yeah. desk. Well, well, uh, Lady Lady Rain was the name of the band. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to go. Uh, you know, somewhere I've I still got those those little cassettes. That's too funny. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now, so did you know? Like, okay, so you were saying you grabbed the mic. So. You knew how to work that stage back when you were a rock and roller, I'm assuming. You already knew how to work the stage. Well, yeah. You know, my brother was a great front man. He was a great singer, still is. You know, um, I learned a lot of my moves from him and, um, you know, really loving and being fascinated with the great, you know, front men of, and women of rock and roll. And, like, who uh, were some of your heroes? Oh, you know, Jim Morrison and... You know, Mick Jagger, I loved Sinatra and Nat King Cole, um, very different. Um, but, you know, Bob Marley and Jerry Garcia, and I loved, you know, anything. I loved Nancy Wilson and, um, you know, did you Did you have yeah. a plan? Did, when you were, okay, so you're, you're young, you're in a rock band, you've done some musicals. What, did you have a goal? Did you have a plan? Or were you just kind of letting it unfold? No, I always had a plan. I always had a plan. What I, was the plan? Uh, you know, I didn't have great grades in high school because I was always just running around doing crazy stuff. I was a smart kid, but um, so I knew I wasn't going to be like going away to college. Plus, my my parents didn't have much money, so I was just going to kind of go to school locally, play in the band, you know, work full time, and be auditioning in the city uh, for stuff. I would, you know. You know, I would, I would look we, up all the great productions of Jesus Christ Superstar, mm -hmm. and I would do productions of Superstar all over the place and things and and whatever. But I also um, I also just kind of had a sense that you know I needed I had some growing up to do mm -hmm. for sure. I mm -hmm. needed to absolutely you know hone my craft a bit more. Mm -hmm. I needed the life experiences. I needed. Um, I needed a lot, you know, I needed the support from my family and whatnot, but I uh, eventually landed on my feet, um, you know, doing a bunch of professional gigs and playing in a band and then ended up in Boston um, mm -hmm. after some part-time college uh, at the Boston Conservatory. Um, incredible program now merged with the Berklee College of Music where mm -hmm. I also did some uh, studying and all. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, I just Im was immersed in the performing arts um, you know, peers doing the same thing I was doing. I was a little older, uh, but I was a young 22, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, three-plus years there, and each summer spent uh, very focused um, in a professional theater setting, first at the Gloucester Stage Company under Israel Horovitz. Mm -hmm. um, then, uh, you know, then, then I did... Uh, um, the Portsmouth uh, Seacoast Repertory Theater, where I got to play Hedwig one summer. Wow. And then the summer, that was the summer before my final year at Boston. Um, then after my, you know, after I finished at Boston, I was at Williamstown. So I always kind of had this goal. I'm going I'm to go to Boco. I'm going to showcase. I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to book rent. I'm going to make my band famous. We're going to get a record deal. And I'm going to tour. And all of those things that kind of happened. So um, I just feel like, you know, 
sometimes you you do have to just kind of put it out there and then just kind of go for it for sure. I, I love the fact that you set a goal, you set specific goals, and you've managed to manifest them. And I think that's part of manifestation is having a clear idea. So you did want it all, and you're managing to do all of those things. Okay, so so yeah, I never I never was like I'm going to be a huge star. I always kind of was like a blue collar kid. So my brother taught me early on like a briefcase and a microphone. You know, uh-huh. like be your own manager, your own agent, your own booker, your own, you know, songwriter, you know, learn about publishing, learn about this early on, and, you know, and also be, you know, the front man. Uh, so for me, I, I, I always wanted to just build like a long, s- slow burn mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be someone that's still doing exciting things in my 60s, you know, and uh so I, I knew that by the time American Idol had finally came around, I had done like, you know, a couple of years on the road in Rent and I was playing in a band. I, you know, I was at the, again, they had they had upped the age limit when I was on the show. Right. So I think, you know, you say that I was like the first, you know, guy to make love to the, I was the first man on the show also, <laughs> you know, and I was like a man on the show, even though I was young, yeah. I was like 28, 29 or whatever. You know, all of a sudden, like, girls your age were like, oh, he's not a little teenage boy. He's <laughs> like a man. We can like him. This is okay. You know, and uh, and, it, and it was a bit more of a thing. Like, I had a different edge. I was from New York. You know, I, 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 I knew how to play the game. And and I knew my brand as well, and I, play, I played it. Before you get to being on Idol, how did you get, how did that whole audition thing happen? Did you set your sights before that season that you wanted to do it? How, what was, no, what was that I'd like? No, I'd never seen it. i never even heard of it, really. I mean, I was in an intense, um, you know, conservatory program, mm-hmm. professional, you know, training ground. And, you know, I ended up, you know, I we lost my cousin my senior year uh, in, in 9-11 um, in the World Trade Center. And mm-hmm. it was just, everything was just... You know, everything just shifted. It's like, what am I doing? I'm like singing and dancing. This is so stupid, you know, when we're like our freedoms under attack. And I I think I I, eventually I realized through the support of my family that, you know, maybe what I was doing was more important than what a lot of people were doing, you know, because I provided an escape and I provided a, um, you know, um, something beautiful in a time where there was, you know, so much madness and, and tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did stick with it, and I, I kept working hard, and um, I, I didn't end up showcasing it at the end of my time at Boston because that was just a crazy senior year. And But I did apprentice at Williamstown, which I, was a huge goal of mine. I met Michael Greif there, the director of Rent. Um, I got an audition. I booked the, sh- I booked the show. Fabulous. I was set to go out on tour, and I was going to bring my band out on the road, you know, and um, I would do shows in, you know, Cleveland, Columbus, and um, Cincinnati, and the band would come out, and they would, we would play shows after those shows, Very you know. Cool. And, and we were kind of building, and this is pretty much before the internet, I didn't know American Idol, and then I found out I was not coming back to the rent tour. I was devastated, mm-hmm. but I went home and um, regrouped and auditioned for American Idol shortly after that. I had no idea what it was about. I remember hearing about like Clay Aiken and Ruben, but I 
How did you hear I about never it? I thought we didn't have D. Well, it was the, it was there were thirty million people a night watching it, right? You know, and that was when people would go home and really watch it, not right. tape it or TiVo right. it. I mean, it was insane. It was like the Super Bowl every week, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, so you heard about it, but I didn't really know much about it. I certainly had never seen it. I'd never watched a clip of it or anything. Mm-hmm. And an old, you know, girlfriend uh, was like, "Let's go. Let's go audition." We'll take the Chinatown bus from New York City to D.C. It was $10. We went down there, and we were like a couple of New Yorkers, mm-hmm. and we met everyone online. We got bracelets guaranteeing us auditions, and then uh, we got a spot online, and then we went uh, and stayed in a hotel. <laughs> and everyone else slept on the street for like <gasps> two days. Wow. And then we came back, and we're like, oh, this is our spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, they had the cameras on me from like day one. Uh, like as soon as I got down there, they they – they saw something a little different in me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, and I made some of my most, you know, wonderful friendships and relationships uh, through the show, uh, particularly the incredible staff and producing team on the show mm-hmm. that I've still very close with, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you Wait, know, what was got the to first, be a part of uh, what was television the so- history. What was the song you sang for your audition, your first audition? A song that, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, loving because I love Aerosmith, but an, a song I actually worked on at Boston mm-hmm. um, as an audition song, just a piano vocal, because it is a rock song, but it's done in a 50s kind of way where it's got this sort of arpeggio kind of beginning, and it's Crying by Aerosmith. Hell yeah. So right away, it's like we're listening because what is the first thing he says? There was a time. Oh. I'm listening. He's going to tell us a story. You know, so when I was so brokenhearted and, you know, and you're like listening to that vulnerable thing and then he sets it up for the big chorus, you know, and it was just a great 16 bar cut. I, you know, I had it planned out. And oddly enough, I'm about to be doing some shows with uh, Sugar Ray's uh, Mark McGrath. And he was there in the room (gasps) as a celebrity judge. And his vote really pushed pushed it over for me to go to Hollywood, which was kind of insane. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, this is like pre-HD American Idol, so like you go back and look at the clips, you're like, oh my gosh, what is going on there? Wow, okay, and so so now take us through the process a little bit. So so you do the audition thing, and now at the period when I find out about you, you already know you've made it to the the live show? Well, it was the old days, you know, they, 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 they... You know, they, they they did things very different than they do now. Yes, they. I had you know auditioned in one city, um, and that was that was the biggest city they've like ever had. Basically, that was Carrie Underwood City, and there were like twenty five thousand people auditioned. What, what city were you? What city were you in? It was in D.C. Uh-huh, DC right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they kept me there all week, and I went through like a producer session, and I had to wait an extra day to come and then you know Simon and Paula and Randy came and that was when they would do it all in like one shot Mm -hmm. but then you find out other cities had to fly back in for a producer session or fly back in to see Simon so they had it you know all over the place the Mm -hmm. schedule Mm -hmm. but eventually by the end of that week I knew I was going to Hollywood but I had to sit on that Hollywood information for about two months at least months yeah. Couldn't tell anyone, mm-hmm. taped it all, knew I was going to Hollywood, but no one no one knew what the heck that really even meant at the time. <laughs> yeah. 
And I didn't even know really if I was truly going to ever hear from them again. You just kind of hope that you're going to hear from them, you know. Uh-huh. And sure enough, they contact you. Well, uh, you're going to be coming out to L.A. Um, to shoot the Hollywood stuff. And they broke that up into two or three different, like, trips. Mm. Um, so at one point, I'm still I'm taping Hollywood stuff mm-hmm. as the show is starting to air. Uh-huh. The audition weeks are starting to air on the show mm-hmm. while I'm still taping stuff. Like, in Hollywood Week, we're there at Hollywood Week watching the premiere of the show, which, by the way, I was, like, 20 minutes of. So, wow. right, you know, me breaking up with my band and the whole thing, and people were, like, hating me there. I remember they're like, oh, God, this is so unfair, you know. And, but that was it, man. That was the name of the game, man. Oh, so, so you started out as an underdog? Yeah, I don't think anyone in Hollywood, I think they were like cool rocker guy, you know, whatever, but I don't think they were like, oh my God, his voice, you know? But I don't I know, right. we liked you right. right. Well, I don't know, I don't know. So so when did it start to shift, what, what do you think was your shift on the show that like, won America over? What number was your shift? Um, you know, obviously when I made the show and I made the top 24 and then I made, you know, the top 12, the top 10, etc. Um, I, I mean, I had an, an interesting name. I had the long hair. I was a little older. You know, I was from New York. I, you know, I had a, a again, I had like a memorable name. Um, I think, um, you know, Constantine, Idol. Like, it's just, you know, it's not like you're trying to, like, search for, like, wait, what was his name again? You know, you just kind of knew, which was cool. I mean, again, 30 million people a night were watching it, too. Three nights a week they had back then. Three right, nights. Right, right, You know? And so it was just insane. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere. It was crazy town. Um, I think for me, I think I, think I started, like, you know, um, I don't know. I think once we moved to the live shows, I had some good weeks. And then by the time, you know, I hit, you know, Queen, oh. um, I was I was like a household name. It was insane. It was insane. Yeah, I was having TV cool. deals and record deals thrown at me. But back then, you know, and we, I knew Carrie Underwood was going to win. I mean, come on. I knew that from day one, the, the moment I met her. Um, but it was all about, like, trying to get as far as you could to get to keep the TV time going and to hopefully, you know, ensure a longer career at the end. Like that's my brother and I would like analyze it like the whole time we were. The one thing I I don't regret, but I look back some song choices and song like research. I didn't have the internet at my disposal. I didn't. Um, um, I didn't have the ability to, like, go look up, like, great song lists. And, you know, and certainly back then, a lot of the big artists, Bon Jovi, Journey, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. they didn't want their songs on the show. Ah, they didn't get it. Ah, they didn't get it at the time. Mm-hmm. Even even Aerosmiths were, were like, you could play this audition once, and that's it. Wow. Like, they didn't want me to repeat the song on the show. It wasn't that I sucked. It was like, they just, they didn't, they weren't, and then... All of a sudden, I did Bohemian Rhapsody, and the whole show changed. And I'm talking four seasons of the show. They'd never had a song, like, erupt digitally like that, because it was, like, at the birth of the digital age, really. Right. right. So all of a sudden, Queen's A Night at the Opera is, like, in the top, like, 50 on the Billboard charts again. Mm -hmm. And people are like... Sanjaya, take my song. It doesn't even matter if you fuck it up. You know, it's like about spiking Sanjaya. the whole catalog. 
So, you know, they were learning, we were learning, the world was learning, the industry was learning. Mm-hmm. American Idol, as big as it was, it always had a hard time kind of catching up with the, with the, with the, with the changes in, in the new media, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, it was a Greatest time of my life. I mean, I I free falled off the show one week. I thought it was it was a lot of bullshit. Um, but you know, I'd never been in the bottom three. You know, I had a weird week. I think it was one of those weeks where maybe I didn't, you know, get all my votes because uh, it wasn't my best week. But I, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew from insiders on the show I was never out of one, two, or three on the show ever, wow. ever. Yeah. And then one week I free fall off the show. I don't know. And then, you know, it was like a big smoke screen. If you remember, they had a bad, they had a lot of bad press at the time because Paula, um, you know, channel, you know, ABC was running this dateline about Paula and one of the contestants and yeah. a, uh, you know, a big conspiracy that she had an affair with one of the guys. And, you know, I think that it was, it was a big smoke screen mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they just kind of like, and if you remember back, it was like the biggest news story for like days that I that I was off the show. I remember. I mean, it it led it led like nightly news stories and oh stuff. My God. It was insane. It was just stupid. Totally do you do stupid. you think doing Nickelback is what cost is what cost you? Do you think that that? Well, cost I you? think that it was not the song I wanted to do. I had a U two song set. Mm-hmm. I was going to do Beautiful Day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, touch me, take me to that higher place, you know, all that. And I had a great, you know, great version of it. Um, and uh, and then in the in the 11th hour, the song was not cleared, and I couldn't do it. So I had to dig, and I was like, okay, Nickelback. It was songs on the radio, like, right. at the time. Right. And uh, the Nickelback was an easy clear, and I was like, all right, I can rock this. And this is not far away from... You know, this is com- this is what radio is playing as commercial rock right now. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, okay, I've shown some of the theater guy, I've shown this, I've shown that. Let me just sing like a rock song, but it just didn't. It just didn't translate. Mm-hmm. It just didn't translate. And um, were you as uh, surprised as the rest of us that. were? That was that. But were you as surprised as the rest of us when when you didn't get through? Because it was shocking. Uh, you know, I think, like, part of you is always like, is this the week I'm going home? This is crazy. This is, like, too fun. I want this to, like, just, I want to just keep doing this job forever. Um, but, yeah, I think you're surprised. But, you know, I think it worked out beautifully for me because I think everyone was like, whoa, and the shock factor. And it really built into, like, my underdog story. And then fast-forwarding, you know, to the Rock of Ages days. Okay, so wait, so you leave, so you leave American Idol. You're number six. Most people, even when they win, kind of fade into oblivion. The twos and threes and fours are all gone, except for a handful of you. You're a number six. You end up with this big career. So what? You leave Idol, and what happens? Well, I leave, and a lot of stuff happens. You know, um, they they had a lot of rules back then, and they had to. There was so much money at, st- at stake. They, they they were concerned with the fairness issues, and they needed to focus on the winner and the number two. And they had right. never really had a number six be one of the biggest names on the show. And they didn't right. know what to do with me. And I was getting record deal offers, but they had, like, a blackout period where I wasn't allowed to do that. 
you know, I had a big television deal with Kelsey Grammer's uh, Gramnet, mm-hmm. and ABC bought our show based on, sort of loosely based on, you know, my, my, it was like a, it was like a big fat Greek wedding, basically. It was like my big fat Greek, you know, Brooklyn family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then, you know, you develop that, and, you, and you're working on uh, other stuff, and then you go on the big tour, and of course, we were playing like arenas, sold out arenas all over the all over the country. I mean, the last five plus years on the show they didn't even have a tour. I mean, we were selling out, you know, the Staples Center two, three nights, you right. know, Nassau Coliseum. I mean granted we had Carrie Underwood, I I, I know. But it was about like me and Carrie and Bo and we had a great, great cast. And I think seasons four and five were the biggest seasons they've ever had, because then you wouldn't have had Daughtry come out to the show if not for me and Bo. And by the time Daughtry came along, who's become one of my best friends, I just love him. Very cool. I love everything about that kid. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't have come out for the show. They knew what to do with him at that point. You know, a year later, they're like, yeah, okay, he's in a... And he, too, he fell off the show, like, sixth place. Mm -hmm. They put his ass right in the studio. They were not like, oh, we're going to wait for Cat McPhee to win the show or somebody to win the show. Uh And, you know, he wrote a great record, and they marketed it amazing, and he sold, like, nine million records, Mm -hmm. you know? And, oh, wow. Um, And, uh... You know, again, you just kind of roll with it. So I um, I got back to New York. I, you know, had the big agents. I had, you know, a big tour. I made a ton of cash. I was, you know, um, kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, and, you know, then the 19 company that kind of runs American Idol, they didn't really, they didn't sign me. And they didn't do a record with me. So I was kind of on my own and... You know, um, got back to New York and, and showed a lot of interest in Broadway, started making the rounds on the opening nights, and people are like, oh, Broadway, Broadway. I'm like, yeah, I went to the Boston Conservatory. You know, it's not like I, uh, I'm i into Broadway now. I mean, I right. grew up as an actor, a musical theater actor. I've been in Rent. I've, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. so um, I landed in The Wedding Singer on Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, supporting uh, lead, great part, mm-hmm. really sort of just, you know, got involved with the community, um, did an off-Broadway show after that. Um, all the while, I had been approached about Rock of Ages in its early, early inception mm-hmm. um, in Los Angeles, and I was kind of like, well, you know, it sounds great, but call me when you get to New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, leaving out some details, sure enough, they did. Mm-hmm. And we opened the show um, off-Broadway first in New York around 2008. That was probably, you know, three years after my time on American Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done a stint on the soap opera for a, a year. Right, I had done Wedding Singer. I had yeah. done, you know, played in some bands, some record deal stuff and whatever. And and Rock of Ages was just my baby. It was just my baby. You know, I I I really got to sort of you know, be there from the very beginning and build it from the ground up with an amazing cast and creative team and just such an organic, great experience, you know. And, yes, I was I was a household name at the time, but I was really cast because I was, I was the most appropriate actor for the job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kristen and I, the director, cultivated this amazing, you know, character and 
all the way to the Tony Awards. You know, I got glowing reviews, and, you know, I should have won the Tony, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a competitive person. I was like, I, I wanted to win, you know. Um, but, you know, to see a show that you feel so passionate about grow into a massive, you know, brand and global, you know, brand all over the world, um, it's, it's thrilling. And then it's always like, what are you doing next? And what are you doing next? And what are you doing next? But for me, it was always about like trying to create like, you know, a lane for me on Broadway. And this is going back to my plan from Boston. Like my five-year plan was get through the school, get the agent, you know, do Williamstown, get rent, get the band going. I did all that, got to do that. So then the next phase was like, you know, be be a leading man on Broadway, you know, get be, 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 be like the contemporary rock, you know, singer, uh, actor of, on the stage. Excuse me. <laughs> and, um, you know, so then I got into producing on Broadway and I Spring got Awakening. to... Uh, By the way, Spring Awakening, the Deaf West production that uh, was out here in L.A. first... Um, Monica Horan Rosenthal's good friend of mine, one of your co-producers, and I took my daughter, who um, was in, uh, a senior in high school at the time, and she was so taken with the Deaf West production that she taught herself how to sign, and she oh, wow. used that for her audition. And she's currently at NYU Tisch, and because she wa- you're you're living her dream, and um, I love it. Yeah, and and that production of Spring Awakening like completely turned her. Uh, it, I mean, it just flipped her on her ear. Uh, it was just a beautiful production. We didn't see it on well, Broadway. Well, thank but you. I, I, I you know I was so honored to be a part of it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful production. And you know, so um, expanding, you know, what I do. Um, what, so what's up? So we're, we're almost wrapping now. So t- so tell us, Constantine, what what what's le- what what's ahead of you that you haven't done that you look to do or you know more the one thing that I've not really got you know I, I I have this big campaign running all over television with Lazy Boy myself and uh, and Brooke Shields I and, saw I, and it I've very done funny. a campaign like that before with Disney for Rockstar Mickey Mouse so I. I, I I'm good at like you know selling a product like that. I, I I want I've done a bunch of episodic television, some movie stuff. I want to do more of that, of course. Um, for the first time in ten years, I'm writing songs left and right every day. I'm writing songs. I'm co co-writing with amazing people. I have two new singles out on Spotify right now and iTunes. Here I come, co-written by myself and Killer Deluxe, and she's just rock and roll. Also, Killer Deluxe and myself, we have a bunch of new songs coming out uh, by the end of the year um, and into the new year. Uh, we have a bunch of tour dates right now, ConstantineMaroulis.com. Also, I have a huge New Year's show I'm doing in New Jersey. You can go to ConstantineVIP.com for info on that. I'm going out. Uh, doing dates with the uh, the band of Merrymakers, myself and Mark McGrath, and a bunch of you know all star sort of super group guys doing television kind of fun Christmas stuff. A bunch of solo concerts coming up as well. But um, you know the one thing I've not really gotten to do is you know break as <laughs> as a recording artist. You know mm-hmm. I'm now you know a dad. I'm a I'm I'm you know in my 40s now if you can believe it and. Uh, I feel like I'm writing the best songs of my life, and um, it's funny. Everyone got to know me as, you know, an American Idol, the search for, you know, the next superstar pop star. 
but they never really heard me on the radio. So that's something that I would like to do and, and continue to produce and, um, you know, create great entertainment um, for many years to come. I love teaching. I love being a father. I have a beautiful home in the suburbs now of New Jersey, and I commute to the city every day like a normal dad. Um, I, you know, I just, lots of fun things. You know, I hope to, you know, find, you know, a woman that I'm, uh, (laughs) that I can, you know, marry and eventually, and, um, Malena's mother and I are, uh, you know, we're not together. We co-parent her, and she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. We actually just had her first uh, teacher-parent conference tonight at her school. And, uh, you know, so for me, that, that's really it. I think, um, I think there's been enough time now since Idol and even since Rock of Ages where it's not like I'm so completely synonymous with the two that it's hard for people to distinguish me on my own, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, it's like, whoa, you know, Constantine. Like, why, how can we have Constantine in this TV show? He's Constantine. He's not somebody else. But it's like, no, dude. You know, I'm like a multi-Tony-nominated actor guy now, and, you know, I can, I can do the job. I can, I can be something else. And I think, you know, a little time helps that. So I'm really looking forward to you know, this pilot season and some great, you know, TV projects coming up and some touring and just uh, just being me, man, just hustling as usual, just keeping that slow burn alive. And uh, thanks to great people like you and a great family, I've uh, I got a great support system. I love it, Constantine. I have one final question for you. And, and sure, I babe. have no doubt that you're going to be a pop star still. I, I, that hits <laughs> coming in you. Hey, I, you know, look at, look, at, uh, you know, look at Train. Those guys are way older than me, and they're, they're doing it better than they ever did it now. It happens you know? and all so the time. I, it's all about a great song, and i got a great audience, and it's sort of just about getting that song out there that, that just that – just, that's got the hook, a man. Little, that's a, got little the, ins- uh, a little you know, inspiration that, for that, by the way. Um, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine that I used to book in New York, Steve Conti, he played with the New York Dolls and, and, and Michael Monroe right. and all I this know stuff. Steve. You know yep. Steve. So, so little Steven Underground, little Steven's Underground Garage, my favorite radio station ever. But he, you know, he picks the, the, um, the best song in the world um, each week. He has, like, the best song in the world. And so Steve Conti's um, Someone's Going to Get Their Head Kicked In Tonight it was like the best song in the world a few months ago, and still to this day, Handsome Dick plays that song, and Little Steven does every single day. And I've known Steve for 30 years, and this is his first hit on his own. And wow, it deservedly that's so, cool. so, you know, well, and it's I, great. You know, little Steven is a dear friend, and his wife, Maureen, they just came to one of my shows um, at the Highline Ballroom, my sold-out show last month here in the city, and loved the new material. So I can't wait to get it to him. And he and I are supposed to collaborate on a track soon, too. So look for something between and, me and Steven. And that's the thing, Constantine. If, if, if little Steven gets behind one of your tracks, that's it. You're going to have a hit. That's how you're going to have a hit, because he's great with hit-making. Uh, well, that would be pretty cool, and yeah, he would add, you know, such cred, and it, it helps that we're actually real friends too, not like, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I'll, 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 I'll definitely keep that in mind, and thank you for that. And uh, all right, so yeah, now no, I have one, I have one last question and, uh, for you. Wait, wait, I have one last. Hopefully, we'll see you at, at one of my next shows. I, I want to. I have one last question for you before we go. So, because this show is about uh, everybody who's living their dream, who's at managed to merge creativity and commerce. A little humanizer here. Do you have a guilty pleasure, Constantine? 
Oh, so many. Oh, good. Tell us, tell us at least one. Okay, well, I'm a sports freak. Okay. I know people don't, wouldn't think that because I'm like a long hair rocker, but mm-hmm. I'm a sports freak. I love to play sports. I grew up, you know, with sports. I, I love um, just, you know, everything about the camaraderie and the teamwork and the game itself. I'm a huge baseball nerd. You know, I know everyone loves football, and I'm a huge football fan, but I'm a baseball geek. Yeah. I'm geeking on the World Series. I'm a huge Yankees fan. I love, you know, I love gas and oil. I'm an American picker of sorts. I like, uh, you know, I got rusty gold in my veins, just like those guys. I, I like old houses and antiques, and I like, um, I, have, I collect ashtrays. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and I like uh, HGTV, and I and I like to watch, uh, you know, Netflix and stuff like that as well. Well, very cool. Well, Constantine, thank you so much for uh, for coming to join us, and I I definitely will be coming out to see you play, and I hope You're see you on Broadway soon too, and on Netflix. Please get a Netflix show because I want to binge you. Oh, I promise soon. <laughs> I will. Excellent. Take care, Constantine. Thank you, Vicky. Thanks so You're the much. Best. Take care. Bye bye. So, DJ Weezy, Constantine, yeah. you know, for me, this is a guy that really knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He really knows who he, he knows his assets, and he's not afraid to say it. And I really respect that. The fact that he can sit here and say, yeah, I should have won the Tony. I like that. Because everybody <laughs> else says, oh, blah, 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 won. And oh, I'm s-. But you know what? He's got ego. You have to have ego to survive. And the fact that he said, this was my lane, and I was going for it. The takeaway with Constantine for me is... There is nothing that is going to stop him. Confidence. Com- yeah, a lot of confidence. Well, he's so grounded and, and realistic. I thought realistic was a, a big thing that came up in my head. Like how how so? Was, well, because he was. You asked him something about, um, you know, did you think you were going to leave this week, or or did you think you were going to go all the way? And he's like, oh, I never really aspired to be like the superstar or whatever. And he was like, he's like, oh, is this the week that I'm going to go? But he's still enjoying the moment like he's not like oh man I'm worried am I going to go home this week it's more like this is awesome and not just like not just a smile like he's still yeah yeah, not just enjoying the moment but like passionately like living it and embodying it and loving it you know there's a brightness to him and it comes across and he you know he's just full of life and spirit and and even his guilty pleasures are all the all these things that he's passionate about mm-hmm. that make his life more enjoyable because he he loves everything and that makes him probably a really easy person to be around. So people cast him because they want because you're you're in the trenches with people. So you tend to hire the people that you want to be around. And yeah. he's there's something contagious about his spirit. Mm-hmm. So what so what's our takeaway? Because we always have like a takeaway. So with Constantine, you could be a blue collar hero. <laughs> I like that. Which, which like I'm a that. big fan of. I, 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 and, and now that um, t- we're talking about it, I think what's coming to me is we can live our highest dream. He's determined to live his highest dream. The one thing that has still eluded him with all that he's accomplished is that he hasn't had that one hit on the radio. And he's going to have that one hit on the radio it, no matter what. And, he's yeah. c- and I believe it. Keep setting your next goal. And mm-hmm. and so far he has manifested everything he set out to do. Yes, confidence. Right? <laughs> and so he believes he go he has a, a clear vision, he goes for it, he and he manifests it. So 
I am sure that before too long we'll be listening to that hit on the radio and I'll be watching him, binging him on the Netflix. Absolutely. All right. So great show. DJ Wheezy, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. y'all come back next week, next Tuesday, for The Road Taken. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday, every Tuesday. But in between those Tuesdays, you can find me at VickiAbelson.com. V-I-C-K-I-A-B-E-L-S-O-N. <laughs>